Ready to think. Horror Horse presents The Flasher from creepypasta.com. Officer Sparrow walked down Jenkins Street in stride of confidence. Frodo was trying to hide a strong authority beneath a mask of indifference. She was wearing her casual clothes and a thin face of makeup, fit for a Saturday night raver. A particular plain Sunday night hooker. A firearm and badge was hidden beneath her thin leather jacket. She decided against having a cigarette. It may have been completed look, but even a false one nowadays may regress her back to the old urges. Urges of sweetness and vomits billing around her tongue. Behind her, tucked in the alleyway, was Anderson. It is Sky's cruiser, ready for his radio and backup if needed. A shotgun kicked discreetly under the seat. The idea of backup for this, for this case seemed to be the farce of a sparrow. A pride shone through. A quick smile. A flasher had been reported in the area. Most times they wouldn't bother with such a thing. An old pervert incapable of getting up. It up about some scandal, but the reports were filed in by a dozen, allegedly many of the people, ten women and more to them, were left rather disturbed and upset after these encounters. One after one even somewhat of a breakdown, a memory member reporting it for them a particular boom to getting the case moving. Though there were several disappearances in the area, only a few, but there was considered to be more. This situation was get, getting possible ties to a human trafficking ring or even potential serial killer. Using such perverse acts as distraction or even more surprisingly, seemingly unaware seduction. Sparrow was uh, the only woman working that evening, so she was assigned to uncover scene. She could have called her boss out, but she was gladly, actually glad to bring doing something more productive, a regular beat. She was to patrol the area, acting calm, as if walking home from a late shift or having some particularly dull party where she didn't had collapsed under the table. She had earbuds in to seem somewhat distant. Only one was working, that was Henderson. He often connected to speak to her. Making jokes and frankly being a bit of an idiot. She didn't reply to him, of course. You're too risky to start speaking so overly in her lap. Oh, microphone. She not even not even a whisper. You'd blow the operation apart. If she had was heard, it's a good thing that he was her friend. She considered some of the other girls on the force may have been stumped back 
to clock him for some of his good jokes about the situation. He continued her route, having turned around at, at the end twice now. She was beginning to feel somewhat bored. No one had shown up, not even a stray cat to scrawl. I heard from behind a wire mesh of a fence yard, and this an occasionally banter was a good distraction for melancholy, melancholy. But even he couldn't risk keep her mind busy enough to warrant its focus. She stared at the walls, odd walls of old benefices, tall walls of shattered windows, an age of graffiti drowned at the reds and greys, beneath a colourful, if not faded palette. It is mostly garbage, many of the entwined places, having nothing but crude tags and names, but amongst them were art, art that at least could be called on that late night, covered by boredom, but art nevertheless. She stopped to look at it, Unnotably, but somewhat admirable. She supposed it was never caught the Michelangelo that created him. She would have dragged him back to the station, but for now, they were they were a master. The silence she endured in the outdoor gallery allowed her, allowed the soft blood of footsteps to catch her ear. A man came into view, strolling for the dim fluorescence of a street lamp. He wasn't that tall. While the bulge from his coat seemed quite fat, he got closer. Sparrow made mental comparisons to the vague descriptions of the man. Caucasian, balding, sim eyes, possibly mid-forties, with yellow teeth. This was the guy. He's wearing a large, muddy, brown French coat. Arms tucked deeper into his pockets. She also noticed he wasn't wearing any shoes. Or socks, even catching glimpses of embedded gravel in his feet. Barrow felt wound herself out, leaving her spot. Found herself not leaving her spot. She was meant to continue walking in this situation, as if paying no him no mind, seeing if he could reveal himself his own accord. But she was stuck. There was something unsettling about his face. A wild smile was placid over it, but considering that it was probably about to do, it did was not acknowledged. So it wasn't so special. In fact, it was seen frozen. There was no movement to his features, not even a twitch or rustle, no emotion either. Sure, he was smiling, but not a malicious smile, not a jolly smile, not even a drunk smile. He suddenly stopped before her, not looking at her, not at least with not with her, not with his, those eyes pinched between his cheeks and brow. He only took him a moment to start his act. A speed which had been practised and perfected, oiled and mechanical, a doorman uh, opening a lobby. Sparrow's badge was swiftly in her hand, but she didn't lift it. She was transfixed with repulsion and memorised with disgusting curiosity. She was expecting to see him gorged organ or many vulgar tattoos traced around sweaty flab depicting obscene acts. Or even a map of Greece that drizzled down to the gentles. There was none of these. The man didn't even have a penis. From what she could tell, there was hidden by the coat. Um, was not of the muse emasculated showing of his sexless pride to the world, but something that was unsettling to even Sparrow's polished mind. Hands, not just a pair of 
at a mass of them sprawling around like snakes. Small hands, large hands, bits of thorned hands, they wandered around the interlinked of slender limbs. Several of them keep helping to keep the coat propped apart between constantly opening and closing gaps. You see eyes, many eyes blinking with each shift. They were all the different colours, a rainbow of lenses peering out at her. The iron began to twist and grab at each other, exposing a few patches of flesh. Grey flesh around the hearts. Several of the hands began to reach out, sprued in appreciation, invitation, seduction. Sparrow felt her knees begin to buckle, but she managed to keep standing. Her gun was at reach. She could grab it and easy aim, but even every, every thought of trying to threaten or harm the creature was held back. Her hands stayed. Put following or confused orders. A man's face is still sane, a wild smile and facile skin. He, st- he stepped forward, loose hands flopping about as he did. Is it dead? The others grasping each other to hold some substance of the place. Sarah didn't move. In the distance of the she could faintly make out the voice of Hanson, a muffled words that trailed off into laughter. This is a funny situation after all. It is certainty of the abomination. Before she felt, she let loose a chuckle from her once caged lips. Many other hands suddenly went rigid, outstretched and reaching the erection and made it a perfect appearance. They were inviting her with gestures, their own hypnotic pull, flickering their digits around, some convulsing and switching, asking Sparrow to come closer. Their eyes hidden beneath that tingled limbs were fixed upon her. Not the gaze of a pervert, a possible hanger was in them, but nothing to so sexual. She took a step to Wilson. Her legs now as memorised as her head, the collective of the parts offered something, something she had no idea of comprehending, something more affording than sex and cigarettes. Her spouse clattered to the floor, another stepped along his limbs, stretched forth to her, dragging the body leathery straight with it. A few shards of broken glass crackled beneath them, leaving glittering grains on the soles, they sparked from the streetlight, with their very step, with every step, the longest finger, the longest finger, and now in brushing distance, they stroked her jacket down the length of her arms, pitching at the thighs of her legs and tracing around her face. A loud shot rang through the air. The figure stumbled back as many hands went to cover a wound. Sparrow per- partially left her gay trance and stumbled as she turned towards Henderson's twelves gauge in hand and quickly approaching she could see that the creature form had already begun to affect him pure adrenaline was all that was keeping him from collapsing into a dreadful pile the creature began forward once again and met by two more bullets her face showed no change the same smile the hands withered heard his frenzied agony as it filled the gaps one plucked a blinded eye from its face and dragged it away deeper into the attackment. 
A new eye then emerged from the shadows, blinking his way into existence. Fresh hands took the place of those their injured siblings, a veins visible and raw along them. All the damage that the creature had suffered vanished in the shadows between the limbs, replaced with new skin. A man closed his coat, swift as he'd been op- opened. His form revealed it was gone. Even the image now had seemed to be vivid, imagining a heavy shape in the mind, flat but frightening, like that, like the art on the walls, a spray paint picture strained into the slabs of the mind, a shot injection of authority ran through Henderson's blood. Get to the ground, he barked. A man ignored the command and quickly spread away down an alley, disappearing to the gluttered darkness. Henderson didn't give chase. He began to shake. His legs crumbled beneath his weight. He fell to the ground. The tears began forming in the corners of his eyes. His gun remained aimed where the man had been. There they stood for a few moments more, sparrow pale and quiet as she squeezed Henderson's hand for mutual comfort. Her eyes were blank and scared into the image. Distant but fresh, she muttered her gratitude in his deaf ears. How she had not broken down like him was a mischievous sparrow, all the information flowing in her head had been held back at the time, but the dam had now crumbled with the pressure. Swept away for the tidal wave of her thoughts. She had been number, numbed, and now she felt like her head could feel her head once more. It throbbed and ached, it proved impossible for her to focus upon any factor. Trying to see the images hurt, and the questions are now overlapping the apartments. Only thing that held it herself amongst the flood was the fact she allowed a man or creature to get inside her mind. It surprisingly scared the monks, not that the beast's origins or shape, not even that its intentions were. Her years of training had been that keen insects had been flawed, had floundered, slumped to the ground and started biting their feet. She had been violated in the most destructive way. Her bruises would not fade out. Never healing truly heal. They had managed to get back to the cruiser by one o'clock. Henderson had somehow calmed down. Enough from his own ordeal to move. A witness Sarah didn't know whether to be happy or angry about giving what he had not fully experienced. So she had but, but put had but decided more more of a variety at the moment. He danced in a pale face, his eyes sunken with dread. Then she turned to the radio receiver in front of them. Yes, he took it and spoke as he clearly as, as he could. This is car 23 calling Officer Hendon speaking. This is a command. Please report. We... He thought for a second, Sparrow tightly clutching his still twitchy arm, have not found any evidence of the subject. The street has been quiet all night. Shall we proceed with the operation? They both silently prayed for dismissal. Negative. You may home, home, home for tonight. Fill your reports in the morning. Good night, officers. The static clicked off, and where they left in silence, relief permeated the atmosphere. It gave Sparrow the opportunity to find a voice. She ignored all the brain's requests and asked the most logical, How are you going to explain the missing rounds? I don't know. I think of something to get 
get one of the army boys to budge the records, maybe. Buy some of them on the way home. His confidence was going to take over once more. I guess I could even say I dropped them under a surrogate. He chuckled and did a sparrow. And so did a sparrow, a flash coming out of her cheeks. And when we buried with the questions, he started the engine and pulled into the street. He decided to head for the all-hour coffee shop, as she knew of, treat her partner to a cup and slice of cheesecake. As they drove up the tarmac, her eyes lifted to the mirror for some reason, as if drawn by surviving foolish curiosity, and wouldn't let the dead faults rest. In a dim reflection, they saw the prick of a lamp light. It had been dying, being obscured by a heavy black outline. They dropped their gazes quickly, focusing back at the blow that onwards. They looked at everything they could. Legend blowing in the early winds. Monkey, monkey, pond battles by the block garagings. A particular red sand car. On the sidewalk in front of them was a young woman, cheap headphones, a blue satchel slung over her shoulder, heading quietly down Drinking Street. They sped on past her in silence. Credit W.S.